thanks to viewers like you and sassygamers.com. Bardrock Cafe can exist, I guess. So, like, you can find links to Sassy Gamers, our Patreon, and social media stuff in the show notes. Just click. Thanks. Previously on Bardrock Cafe, what should have been a simple walk to a guard tower turned into chaos thanks to several wild magic surges and confrontations with the guards for Nadir, Epi, and Arnbar. But they were finally able to reach their destination for Epi to resurrect the fallen guards. What did Brock and Rook get into while the rest of the party was getting in trouble? Find out today on Bard Rock Cafe. Alright, welcome back to episode 27 of Bard Rock Cafe. Last episode was the Epi, Armbar, and the Deer Show. As they had our biggest wild magic rush so far in the show. It also meant that, unfortunately... Rook and Brock did not get any airtime at all, so we're going to rectify that now. As we flash back over to Brock and Rook at Brock's parents' house, where Brock's mother and brother invited them to tea. The places are set. Tea is in front of you. Uh, it is just your mother, Swan Song, and your brother, Love Song. Rook. How much experience do you think Rook actually has with tea? Uh, she knows what it is. Um, she's drunk. She's had it out of like a mug. Uh, this fancy china stuff, probably that's in front of her. Uh, very delicate. More delicate than what she used to. So, the butler comes over to you with a very fancy glass full of sugar cubes and says, "Ah, uh, how many sugars in your tea, madam?" excited about something sweet I'll take Rook has no idea how many sugar cubes make something sweet enough so um six <laughs> there is a hesitant pause before he goes yes ma'am takes a little the little tiny tongs and he grabs one at a time and so can I please roll something to see if I could tell what he was thinking about my six sugars? Yeah, roll insight. Okay. <laughs> oh man, my insight isn't very good, so... Oh man, I rolled a 19. Well... Can I roll sleight of hand to try and pantomime the number two to Rook while she's saying that? Well... Isn't it kind of late? I mean, yeah. So, no, you can be like, oh, I misspoke. I meant to say two. I. You can do it. Go ahead and roll. I will let you roll sleight of hand. Rook, with that insight. That's still pretty good. You definitely get the sense that that is way too many. And the sense that you are out of place here only intensifies. I rolled 18 plus 321. So, Rook, you do see Brock, like, miming two. Um, Rook does not know how to call for somebody like this, so Rook is like, um, can you make, excuse me, sir, your, your sir, can you make this, that too? He kind of pauses, he has the third sugar cube in the tongs, and just wordlessly, he just puts it back in the, the little container, and then brings you your cup of tea. Rook doesn't want to look at the man anymore. <laughs> you see two sugar cubes at the bottom of your tea, still entirely intact. He places a sugar spoon, or a stirring spoon, right in front of you. 
And he goes on, Lord Song, how many for you? Two, please, thank you. Right, he brings you two, and everybody else gets two. Rook, you get the sense that you're probably supposed to stir this yourself. Rook is going to try... Rook is going to stir the, stir the tea, you know, like norm, like she, what she thinks is normal. Okay. What is normal for Rook? Just, you know, just turn that spoon in there, clingity-clang it. I mean, everyone else is going to do it, right? Yeah. Can Brock, like, try and, like, seeing that Rook doesn't know how to stir, try and demonstrate by going first? Brock's trying really hard to guide her through this quietly. I, I'll tell you what. Um, both of you roll me initiative real quick. Oh my god, how intense. That is 17 plus 3, 30, 20. 22 total. So Rook starts stirring before you oh, have a chance. Oh man. So it's tink, 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 tink. <laughs> As Swan Song is just... Brock, you would notice your mother's spoon is like just sort of hovering. Like it's in the teacup, but it's not moving. She seems to have temporarily forgotten herself. And she starts to just slowly stir. <laughs> Love Song is just highly amused by the whole situation. Love Song has had lunch with other folks in the guard things. He's used to seeing these type of people. Love Song is just <laughs> highly amused by the whole situation. Fraternizing with the lower class. This is just a Tuesday for him. But Brock's mom. Brock's mom is just, oh. <sighs> so if there's any question about Rook's upbringing, none anymore. You are not nobility. Anyway, so, so, Rook, is it? How did you come to meet my son? Oh, uh, through a common associate, somebody that um, works at uh, what used to be Brock's Cafe. I see. And what, uh, what exactly do you do? Rook is going to feel like lying. Oh, I, um... I uh, hunt for um, precious objects in the wild. Oh, really? Fascinating. Roll a deception check. Can I give Bardic Inspiration? On oh this? my god! A, I got a crit critical failure. It doesn't matter. Nothing's gonna help that. Well, you know the drill. Just to see if she also rolls really bad. No, she sees right through you. Fifty-eight and thirty-nine. Brock. Yes. Need you to roll me a constitution saving throw. I'm going to roll a few for everybody else. 12 plus 2, 14. Okay. Okay. Rook. Mm -hmm. You feel the wild magic flash out of you. Behind you, you hear a thud. <laughs> As the butler... Collapses to the ground, fast asleep. Then you hear, clink, clink, clink. Brock is asleep. Oh no. One song is asleep. No, One I song didn't. starts to pass out and then snaps back awake and is looking around at everyone but you asleep. And he's immediately like, what was that? I'm gonna listen. I'm not 100% on this, but. Uh, I think they're gonna be okay. And I think this is wild magic. As you say that, Brock is breathing in and then exhaling, but when he exhales, like, he's half exhaling into the teacup, so it's, like, bubbles, you know? Which, of course, Love Song is just... Super amused by this, right? He's looking around, he's like, I've heard 
stories that there have been wild magic occurrences. Rock himself informed me that there were. Sounds like this is one of them. He kind of moves over and shakes his mother a little bit. She snaps awake and notices that tea just everywhere and she doesn't understand what happened. Then Love Song kicks Brock in the shins under the table. Brock, you wake up. Can you do me a favor and have Love roll a history check really quick? Sure. Uh, it's a 17 on the die. You think he would remember that when Brock falls asleep unexpectedly, he turns into roll? He does not kick you in the shins. In fact, do you wake up immediately as roll? I don't immediately wake up. It's when I come to roll gets control. This episode just went off the rails completely. Effie, we just opened up a gift shop to help raise funds to rebuild the Bard Rock. Look at this fancy new design. I'd love that on a new t-shirt. You are transported to a world of t-shirts, all identical. You can feel your sense of self slipping away from you as the shirts reach out and grab you and assimilate. Uh, I cast a spell magic. Effie, where'd you go? Wild magic. Don't ask, it was terrible. So, so, where's the gift shop going to be? Oh, well, we have two storefronts, bardrockcafe.redbubble.com and tpublic.com slash users slash bardrockcafe. So anyone can support the Bard Rock. You know, the coffee mug is really cute. And that's not all we sell. We have t-shirts, hoodies, children's apparel, baby Bard Rock Cafe's gift shop is now open. Sales go to support the show. So if you want to help out, and also get some cool Bard Rock Cafe merch, go check it out. And that's everything we had so far. Effie, are you listening? Hmm? D did you say something? <sighs> Alright. So, Love Song sits there and says, So, Rook, I don't know if you've noticed this about my brother. But he has a spirit that occasionally likes to take control of him. Everyone in our family has a spirit. His, for some reason, is... Yeah. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Anytime he is suddenly knocked out or put to sleep or anything of that nature, the other one takes control. So we're going to let him sleep for a moment as he makes his way over and wakes the butler up. I am so sorry. I don't know what happened. I will clean this up right away. And he's like... The love song kind of calms him. And he's like, look... It wasn't your fault. Our guest had an accident. Please just take the tray. Maybe bring us some towels. You know. So, Rook, it is you and Brock's family. As Brock is asleep. <laughs> okay. I suppose we're waiting for Brock's father. But maybe we should bring Brock somewhere more comfortable to sleep? If Brock was able, if Brock was able to say anything when he was falling asleep, he would have probably muttered, Oh God, tie me up. So let me just ask his his brother. So what do you, what did you used to do? What did your family used to do about this? Well, the benefit of being a family heavily involved in the city watch and the guard itself, we have shackles. So you just shackle him? We find that to be the best option. And how did you get him back? Usually with enough time, it wore off on its own. We could knock him out if you really want to. As he kind of cracks his knuckle, he says, It's no skin off my back. I'm happy to tell him you told me to do it. Yeah, if you promise the whole bag, it's probably for the best. Alright. Uh, at this point, the butler's coming in with some towels, and so 
Swan Song takes some and starts like drying things off. Love Song says to the butler, "Could you please go get the kit?" It's like the kit. Oh, yes, I will be right back. Brock's mother is cleaning him up a little bit, taking care not to wake him up. And a few moments later, two sets of shackles, one for Brock's arms, one for his legs, arrive. Love Song proceeds to apply them. Did you ever feel weird about doing this to your brother? He stops and thinks for a minute. You know? No. Alright. Rook is unsure about it, but gosh, just gotta roll with it at a certain point. Roll. <laughs> <laughs> so, Love Song kind of motions for you to come over. He's like, would you care to do the honors? Not really, but I'll help. <laughs> okay. He kind of motions for you to kneel down next to him. He slaps Brock on the cheek a couple of times really hard. Hey, hey, hello, brother. Hello. When Roll wakes up, he just has the smirk on his face, and he looks up and goes, hello, brother. Brother, how are you feeling? I'm feeling much more myself than I was. I don't believe that for a minute, Roll. Oh, is that necessary? I'm your brother, too. Have you met Rook? I have. She is absolutely delightful. He is probably my favorite of Brock's friends. So I know Brock is not known for being the most forthcoming about people's negatives, but you're not. Anything we should know about her? Hey. She's a thief. Anything else? She works for Brock. And I will have to have a discussion about that. Rook, anything you'd like to say to your friend? I guess he's not really my friend, but I have something to say to you. What I have to say to you is that I haven't stolen anything from this house. Oh. Well, I do appreciate that. Roll. Any last words? Roll, thanks for a minute. Uh, do you need a somatic opponent to cast Charm Person? So the minute you start to talk, like, he's letting you talk, but the minute you open your mouth to say something, he punches you in the face and knocks you out. <laughs> you, you begin to cast it, but then you just get knocked out. And then he, call, he calls the butler over. He says, could you bring me another cup of tea? Like, yes, sir. Once he brings a cup of tea, splashes you in the face with it, waking you up as Brock. Ugh. Brock tries moving his wrist. He's like, oh, oh, no. Oh, yes. Good job. This is what I would have preferred you do. Although, next time, water, brother, not tea. Is this why you don't like tea, Brock? Real tea? Brother, this is why you chose prestidigitation. as one of your things to learn. And he undoes the, the shackles so that you can, like, move freely. Everybody takes their seat at the table again. I'm so glad we're playing a wild magic campaign. Yes. I couldn't plan for this. This was awesome. So, at this point, Swan Song looks at Brock and then looks at Rook. Son, why do you have a thief working for you? Uh, well, Mother, as I mentioned when we, uh, when I got here, uh, I've been quested to repair this obelisk that's in my basement. It's a tablet of fate. And in order to do that, I'm going to need a diverse set of skills in order to help me do that. I might need to get into somewhere secure, somewhere dangerous. I don't know what I'm going to need, but I, the skills of somebody who can pick locks, fit in small spaces, just makes sense to me. You know how this reflects on us. Our son, one of our family, working with a criminal. We made sure that you had all the proper authorizations with the guilds so that you wouldn't need that sort of skill set. I know, Mother. There are extenuating circumstances, as I hope you understand. The literal fabric of reality may collapse if I cannot fix this obelisk. She is just pinching the bridge of her nose right now, but Love Song seems to have perked up at that last part. What do you mean? So, it's my understanding that if the Tablets of Fate are destroyed, it could cause lasting 
permanent and substantial harm to this plane, as was explained to me by the uh, monk of Agma who told me about the Tablets of Fate when I identified it in my basement. If it's destroyed, there's a very good chance Waterdeep at least would not survive it being destroyed, so it's in our best interest to fix it as fast as possible. The Blackstaff is currently working on helping find the other one so that we can go and fix it. And the Blackstaff's network, actually, the Blackstaff seems to like her quite a bit. Just trying to help. Love Song kind of takes a, a piercing look at you. So he has over 20 for his insight check mm -hmm. for Rook. What does he get from a 20-something insight on Rook? Rook is kind of like a mixture of like pissed like oh like you're so flippin great look at you and your fancy dress and your little china you know what i mean but also at the same time just feeling misunderstood in that teenage way so a little bit cross-armed a little bit huffy um a little bit like defensive okay does he get the sense that you were sincere yes i am being sincere when i say I'm just trying to help, like, because I literally am trying to help with the obelisk. Okay. So, he takes a look at you, kind of sizes you up for a second. Clearly there are extenuating circumstances. Brooke, if you are here to help our brother and you have not taken anything from our house, for me at least, you are welcome here. Swansong just kind of jerks up and looks at him just incredulous. He looks and says, Mother, this is bigger than we realized. And she starts to, like, try to protest, and she's like, Mother, please. A little favor. How can you... Mother, let's not tell father about this. Of course not! Can you imagine what he would do? He might disown Brock. I, he already basically has, Mother. Sorry, Brock. You know it's the truth. Brock's just like, I was gonna say, I don't think he can disown me twice. But apparently he can. You are still legally his son. He has not taken that step. Let's try to keep it that way. Well, sounds like you have quite a bit going on. How did this get wrapped up with a noble house keeping potions? As I mentioned when I got here, uh, when we were at the obelisk trying to figure out how to fix it, Saren the traitor showed up and asked us to help him rob one of these noble houses and told us why. I convinced him to leave us alone convinced him to spare the life of a magister who he was about to kill and he let us be but I could not leave this alone and I needed to try and stop this convince the noble house to donate the potions so that Terran will not rob them or maybe bolster their defenses something and how did you gain this much influence with one of the most wanted men in the city brother if there's one thing I am it is persuasive it is one of my only marketable skills and truth be told, I beat him in a dancing contest. That's a good lie. Real deception and advantage. That was a really good lie. So that is a 10. 7. So 10 plus, we said deception, so 5, 15. Well, he rolled a 15 on the die plus whatever his insight bonus is, which is not 0. He kind of gets the sense that you're probably not lying. Definitely more to the story. He's done with Brock telling three-quarter truths his entire life. Yes, he has. Oddly, I believe you, but why did he come to you asking for your help? 
he actually came because a collection of slime monsters attacked and all the wild magic we were tricking apparently attracted him. Apparently he could sense wild magic. He seemed very fascinated by us, especially at the time I, he showed up, I had a rain cloud over my head. We literally explained to him that because of wild magic, we would be the literal worst people to rob something for him. And he looked like he was questioning his life choices. How did you convince him to spare the Magister? That's literally what the terms of the dance contest were. I told him if I lost the dance contest, I would help him commit the robbery, but I was very confident I could win. You're lying to me. No, that is actually the, the truth. That was the exact terms of the dance contest. But there is something you're not telling me. Yes, fine. Uh, we had previously helped him, one of his associates who got get out of trouble. The uh, He had like this big muscular orc, not Armbar. You, you've met Armbar. Yes, I know Armbar. Yeah, there was a he had an orc in his employ whom we helped get out of trouble a few days prior. He was vouching for us, apparently. Apparently he thought that we would be helpful to their cause because they have something against the guilds and I'm having trouble with the guilds. So I think that, that may be why, why as well. And why did you help get him out of trouble? <sighs> Roll was in charge when that happened, if that makes any difference. Roll persuasion at advantage with that one. Four. And 15. 15 plus 7 for 22. He believes you this time. He did not roll so well. I suppose that's halfway to be expected. Did they give you any information? Where to find them? Anything like that? No. Uh, they did not. They just, when I convinced them to leave, they left of their own accord. They had asked us to participate in this robbery. Uh, they made it sound like it was going to be relatively soon. But that was all the information I had. That's why I was trying to act on something else. If I if I knew the location, I would have given it to the Blackstaff immediately. The Magister also is making a report right now. So they're also probably trying to bolster the defenses. Well... I will make sure that the noble house gets the protection that it needs, and we'll make sure they are safe from any attempted robbery. As robberies from guildless are typically not safe. I appreciate that, brother, but I think if I can just speak with them, I might be able to convince them to donate those potions to the temple, and maybe then Saren wouldn't act on his intention to rob them. He takes a slurp of his tea. There is a a very, very thick pause in the air, and Love Song seems to be considering what you've said. So you are asking me for the chance to talk with the noble houses, which you can convince them to donate their supply of healing potions in a way to avoid confrontation with a criminal organization. Yes, and considering that the criminal organization is... The guildless, from what I've heard, are a particularly violent organization. And right now, without the temple's ability to heal, anyone who stayed to protect that noble house is much more likely to get injured or die. It's a very volatile situation, and I think I can defuse it. There's one thing I'm good at, it's statesmanship, ironically. I understand, but my job is part lawkeeper, and I know where they're going to strike. I think it's better for us to be ready for them capture some of them. Rock thinks on this for a bit, and I don't want my brother to die. And he says, I think if Saren shows up himself to this heist, I'm afraid of what will happen. I'm afraid for you. I, You're a paladin, brother. Do you have your magic right now? I do not. If this can be avoided without bloodshed, then I think that is what's most important right now. I think there's going to be a time and a place to bring Saren the traitor to justice, but I don't think that a 
bloody battle in the home of a noble family is the way to go. Roll persuasion at disadvantage. I'm gonna give myself bardic inspiration. Okay, sure. That is a 12 and a 15. So 12 plus persuasion is 7, so that's 19. I'm gonna roll my d6. That's a 5 for a 24. D6 made the difference. Love Song has a pretty good charisma score. He is a paladin, and he rolled an 18 on the die. But he thinks for a moment as well. I don't know that I entirely agree with you. I can agree with the idea of letting that noble house choose for themselves. I will set up a meeting. That is all right with you. That would be wonderful. Come back tomorrow. We'll have lunch. I will come back tomorrow. I don't know what else they'll do. I might not bring my other associates, uh, Arnvar and uh, a friend of ours named Epimetheus. Your associates are, of course, welcome at this house at any time. I would warn you, Father may be present for this one. Expect some pushback. That's fine. Actually, I wanted to ask, uh, Amanda and Sigmund, the uh, husband and wife that I referred here, how are they doing? Oh, well, they're working in the kitchen right now. Would you like to meet with them? Yes, actually, when we, when we uh, finish tea, what's left of tea, maybe I can go and just see how they're doing. Lovely. You guys continue having tea for a little while. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with your family while you were here? Same to you, Brooke, if you wanted to bring up any concept at all. Brooke feels like she's said enough. And feels a little hurt. Brock did have one thing on his mind, like... Right now, the uh, state of the city, especially with the uh, with the lack of healing magic and all the other problems that have arisen, it, it's really highlighted to me how broken the system with the guilds and the nobility are. Is there something that can be done about it? Well, I've given that some thought myself. The guilds and the nobility strike a, a delicate balance in the city. As you know, the Open Lord is the manager of both guilds manage the economic side and keep the lower class running smoothly. Meanwhile, the nobility who own various parts of the city, who own businesses, who are wealthy enough to pay for things, keep the investments in the city running. How much do you know about... He actually turns to Rook and says, how much do you know of the Hidden Lords? How much do I know of the Hidden Lords? Uh, roll history. I rolled a 21 total. So Waterdeep has an interesting governmental system. So there is the Open Lord, currently Laral Silverhand, who is in basically the face of Waterdeep. If they were to have a president, this would be it. But everybody else that is in charge is a hidden lord, or a masked lord. Nobody knows who they are except for the Open Lord, so the Silverhand would know who they are. Okay. Other than that, their identities are kept very strictly secret. The premise for that is they cannot be bribed or bought off. That is about all that you know. Okay. Do you communicate any of that to him? Yeah, I'm gonna say, well, it's not like I know who they are. No. No one does, even the other masked lords. Only the open lord knows. Unfortunately, this means that change comes very slowly. The guilds answer to the masked lords, and the masked lords are chosen basically through an application process. There is a hefty buy-in fee where an investment is made or pledged to Waterdeep 
and an interview is conducted between the Open Lord and four of the Masked Lords. If they are all in agreement, another Masked Lord is added to the number. Anytime major decisions are made, the Open Lord has a meeting with the Masked Lords and they cast their vote. This is meant to be above corruption, but ultimately, no system is perfect. The best I could hope to do is maybe become a Masked Lord myself, but that takes a lot of time and a lot of money. Fortunately, Laral Silverhand is above reproach, and she has been guiding this city in the right direction ever since she took power. But still, it is a bureaucratic, bogged-down process with a lot of moving pieces. I don't know a simple way to expedite it. So now I'm trying to think of, like, how to determine, like, that's obviously Love's opinion of, uh, I, for I forgot the first name already, Silverhand. I don't know what Brock's opinion is of them offhand, but, like, right now Brock's really questioning... I'm trying to think, like, I don't think there's even a role for this, but, like, right now, Brock's really questioning, like, if this person's really above reproach, if, how much power do they even have if they can't institute change? Maybe it is time. Like, how often is the open board chosen? Like, that's, I think, what he's thinking. And I don't know if he would just know this because he's a noble, or if he, like, needs to specifically ask. Go ahead and roll history. That is a five. Five plus plus three, so I have an eight in history. If you would know that open lords, this is not a hard check. Like, I would give you more with a really high roll, but you didn't get a really high roll. The open lord is chosen by their predecessor, and they stay in power until they step down or die. If they die, the open lord is chosen by a meeting of the masked lords. So there's not a way for someone to challenge the open lord for their position, then? Not as such. It doesn't work that way. Well, Brock can't exactly invent democracy. I mean, he could. He invented the food truck. But it didn't, there's a lot of steps involved in inventing democracy. How long has Laryl Superhand been the open lord? I am not positive as the DM. That is a bit of lore I don't have. Hang on. <laughs> well, Brock's trying to ascertain, like, on the... On a scale of just started this job a few years ago to is probably due to retire or die soon, where do they fall? Looks like between five and ten years. I'll try to get you an exact number, but it's been five to ten years. That's good enough. So, like, Brock's thinking this, like, we're going back and forth. Brock's sitting here basically talking politics with his family. Is like, so the only other option would be to become a mass lord, which, you know, money and time and effort and the whole process... Right now, Waterdeep's in a state of unrest. What can we do to make it at ease? Well, the easiest solution for you is to solve this problem of the obelisk. For me, my job is to keep the criminals from having their way with the city. That's true. I do already have a problem of substantial magnitude to worry about. I guess I'm just frustrated that things aren't working the way I would expect them to. Guilds get the voice of the people, and the Masked Lords represent the nobility. Together, they make the city run. Could they run better? Of course. But I'm not knowledgeable enough about bureaucracy to be able to fix that. But I know I can put a criminal at the end of my sword. That, brother, is something you've always been particularly good at, and why your father's favorite. That's probably true. I mean, it doesn't hurt that I'm not a very good candidate for the favorite. And he just kind of laughs, and, you know, the conversation continues. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about with your family while you were here? 
No, I think that's good until our meeting for the next day, but now Rock didn't want to just check in on Amanda and Sigmund. Yes, as tea time comes to a close, you head downstairs, uh, and you find them in the kitchen. And they immediately recognize you, and they look much better. They are clean, they have very nice clothing. Sigmund is hovering over the stove doing something, while Amanda is chopping vegetables. Seems like they are preparing for, looks like an early dinner. Rock immediately has, like, the warning signs go off, like, oh dear, father's gonna be home soon. But they stop what they're doing and come and talk with you. Amanda mentions how grateful she is that, you know, you gave them this opportunity. Their children are fed. They have food. They have the ability to, to take care of themselves without having to steal or do anything sketchy. They say that, you know, Pop Song is a taskmaster, but he's fair. Love Song has been a voice of patience with them. They've learned their required duties, and they're doing very well. well I'm so glad to hear that. I'm, I'm glad to see you're both doing better. And you work, I see they, they put you to work in the kitchen. That actually, I'm going to be back for lunch tomorrow. Uh, I don't know if you have any inspiration for anything, but I need that lunch to go very well. It's a very important lunch. I'm happy to have you. What's going on, if you don't mind us asking? Well, you see, Love Song is kind of hovering. It kind of gives this look of, that's really not your business, but then, like, it's already been said, right? Right, right. and Brock just shoots his brother a look really quick and says, uh, I'm going to be back, and father will be here and uh, I'm meeting with another noble family and and again this is Brock's known for being more colloquial with the help because he just he's always fit in better with commoners than his like family it's just like I really need my father not to think I'm a screw up tomorrow I'm not sure what the food can do about that but we'll try our best Brock's just like yeah Brock's like immediately tells them like his father's favorite food which is probably just like a specific kind of cucumber sandwich to be honest they do ask um what do you know what noble family is coming tomorrow I don't, and Brock looks over to love. He kind of sighs. He says, House Ralnarth will be paying us a visit. Have I heard of that house? Have I stolen from them before? <laughs> well, it's not a hard check, but go ahead and roll it for history. That is a 19 plus 3 for Brock. 17 total. You both recognize this house as they fund the City Watch and also fund the judicial system. They are very involved in the law-keeping process. Rook, you have probably stolen from them at some point, because stealing from the noble house that basically pays the city watch, that's a nice badge of honor, right? Okay. Probably stole something big money, because, I mean, they're feeding money into the system. No, I mean, you're a gym thief, right? And it's a noble family, so it's not hard yeah. to find, like... Some necklace. I can't even remember what I stole. Some generic rich person thing. <laughs> Something that you immediately turned over to Felix, who immediately just turned it around elsewhere. So they, they kind of nod and say, alright, well, try our best to make something really, really noteworthy so that things go well. Uh, it was so good to see you, Lord Song. Look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. And, uh, if you ever need anything, anything we can ever do to pay you back, just let us know. Thank you. You're already doing it by taking good care of my family. Please, just keep taking especially good care of my brother here he has a very dangerous job yes and we are forever grateful for what he does and so they they kind of bid you farewell and you depart from your family's house all right and with nothing else to do brock is going to suggest that we go rendezvous with everyone at the bard rock cafe and let them know the next step in the plan so you make your way back to the bard rock cafe you arrive there i will say probably just as the guy that has been chained up is starting to wake up. I realize 
this is on the short end for episodes for us, but I'm going to go ahead and call it here. Okay. All right. We will pick back up with the captive guy. Yeah, you walk in. There's Armbar. There's Epi. So, we had an eventful day. How about you? Well, Epi, we are going to be having lunch with my family tomorrow. Fascinating. And actually, I would suggest that maybe uh, that would be a better time for uh, you to put on your fine clothes, if you know what I mean. Epi looks down at his, at his robes and back up. There's something wrong with my current outfit. Uh, Mr. I wore a blue suit. Or was it green? I forgot what color it was. I've lost it from my memory. It was actually a pink suit. Right, right, and your skin was blue. Really yeah. went with the pink. You rocked it. Rocked it. I did rock it. And Brock's just like, oh, I, I'm sorry. I was just thinking maybe it would be better to attend as Giuseppe. I have no idea what you're talking about. Brock just gives Epi this look like, I know you know what I'm talking about. He gives you this looks like he knows you know what he's talking about. We're going to be meeting with them to try and convince the family that's been hoarding those potions to donate them to the temples and prevent the robbery from happening. Epi kind of looks at you, looks at the guy in the barrel, looks at you. About the robbery. So you see this fellow we have in the barrel. He might have some information about that, but we're not really sure because he's still, you know, predisposed. Brock looks around to see if the, the magisters yet return to their post. They have not. You know, this is Ed, this is probably like the fifth most illegal thing that's happened in this basement. Only the fifth? In the basement. Oh, all right. Fair enough. Uh, and the guy does seem to stir a little bit, and he wakes up. He looks around at all of you, says, all right, now what? And that's where we're going to end the episode. Get on to sassygamers.com and listen to more episodes. And become a patron. I'll read your cards. Do it. Patreon.com slash Bardrock Cafe. Till next time.